Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Venom R1 Business Podcast, and I am your host, Venom R1, baby. Holla. We got a fun-filled show coming up for y'all. How y'all doing today? I'm actually off today, but you know, being an artist is a full-time gig, so I gotta be an artist. Lower this for you guys. We'll let it kind of play in the background very low because Spotify and iTunes, they're going to find a way to <clears throat> to minimize it. But <clears throat> I woke up since this morning. I was thinking about random things. And we're going to talk about how I got to this point here. Give me one second. Let me have a little bit of juice so I can clear my throat. I woke up early this morning. I turned on the equipment in my recording studio um, just to master and make some some edits and stuff like that. And um, as I did so, I kind of took a snooze, you know, went back to sleep for a little bit, and as soon as I did, um, subconsciously, you know, I'm still listening to the records, right, so what winded up happening was that one part of the song that I really liked came up, and as I was rewakening back up, I just screamed it out, so I kind of, you know, I got to be easy on my vocals, but um, I want to talk about a few things. First thing is the fact that I watched a quick um, business class with Casey Graham. And while I watched these these different classes, um, and please check them out on YouTube at the Music Money Makeover Show, which is on his channel, or you can go on www dot music money makeover dot com and you'll see all the cool stuff he has on there <clears throat> so in the beginning of the day as I'm starting the day I'm reaching out to a few people you know letting them know listen you know I'm off for today and um, I'm not really supposed to be in technology but I'm gonna use a few hours to get a few things done so you know I'm available And I'm telling myself, no, I need to shut it down. I have to stop doing this because I just took over a few other businesses. So my one of my businesses is is growing and demand is very high. I just didn't know it was this high. But um, now I'm like, well, that makes sense. It's the summertime, you know, so a lot of uh, chess pieces have moved around. So I have to do some follow up work. I have to reach out to several people. And I find myself doing this at a time where, again, that's why I didn't realize. I said, oh, man, demand is up. Okay, so back to Casey Graham. So I I worked through it, ate a little snack that put me in a comfort zone. And um, the songs that I was listening to are very emotional records. I just lost um, one of my brothers. And... um, you know, very young, 39 years old, full of life. Uh, 
you know, childhood friend, you know, one of my artists, one of my first artists when I started my, my record label. And um, just a really sad, tragic situation. I'm I'm doing my best to get through it. Um, it's a very tough process for me. Um, it's so close to home and as private as I am, you know, in my bubble of life, um, there's not too many people in my circle. You know, my circle is small, but it's full of love. And to lose somebody like that is devastating, you know, on so many different levels. So eventually what has worked the best for me is talking about it and recording music. So I made a decision. There's a there's a music production company and a producer that I worked with. Um, the name of the company is APC. And I pretty much did their entire catalog. The catalog is probably, let me see, it's 29 plus 7 songs. So about 30, well, let me see, that's a 29, no, 29 plus 7. So about 36 songs. Not not a very big catalog, but a, a decent body of work for one producer, right? And um, I decided later on today... Um, if I got to record or not, I will release like a compilation and um, release it as an album today because I may or, or may not record. I'm still kind of debating. I do record every day, but today I was listening to records that was so sad in this compilation. All the records are very deep, emotional, thoughtful records, right? And um, I said, okay, I'm going to do something romantic or I'm going to do something upbeat. I have to get myself out of this, this funk, right? This feeling like this. Because there's so many things that I could only express through the music. And it is therapeutic. So I said, okay, I decided that this project would be my farewell to my old friend and, and brother, which I will see in the heavenly realm. And until then, there's responsibilities that I took upon myself um, to be there for his children and his family and his parents. So it's uh, it can be overwhelming to think about it. Today's podcast is not about that, so I'm going to move on to the following subject. But um, I know that uh, his, his presence will always be in my heart. His soul, his spirit will always protect me and my loved ones. And um, I will do everything in my power to keep his legacy alive, including releasing his music as soon as I'm able to get a hold of it. I'm in the process right now of of acquiring all that stuff. Um, there's a lot of records that he did that he kept at home or he shared with some family and friends. And I'm in the process of trying to gather everything and just releasing um, something that could be a source of income for his, his children. But um, in that process, I'm thinking about record the podcast, don't record the podcast. Well, I start educating myself. You know, I, I go to a business course. I reach out to Casey Graham, which is on the advisory board. So shout out to Casey Graham. Um, I always tell people he's good, but he's not cheap to work with. So that's all I need to say. Um, I kind of have to have a budget 
every year to put aside for him and Wendy Day, which is even more expensive. But um, shout out to them and everything they got going on. And shout out to uh, No Record Label Needed, uh, Brad, uh, Bradman Kev. I'm going to be adding him to the to the team as well. So shout out to them. You can find them on YouTube and you can Google them and they should have their websites uh, going. Um, Casey Graham brought up some highlighted points. So let's go into that. And this should help you if you're in the music industry or in the music business like I am. Or if you're just an entrepreneur, you can try to adapt this to your business, trade or industry or field. Okay. So I'm an artist, I'm an independent artist, and we are going to highlight this situation and then the contrast of my career and how I'm processing everything, which led to this podcast. And we're going to do an interactive part of um, what we're doing. As a matter of fact, I'm going to probably put together a module for you guys just for for coming along for today. Okay, so basically... The lectures were about record label advances, pitfalls when artists take their advance and spend it, and the sequence of the organic process is not complete, so they're kind of walking on one leg, they're limping on the other one. So basically, as we all understand, the record label gives you an advance for you to establish yourself. Um, during the creation process of the record that you're going to release or the records over a specific amount of time frame. So he mentioned that the bigger the advances, the artist has to realize to have management in place, financial advisors, everything that protects the artist, even having a team to handle your taxes because you may have to survive off of this advance for years and years and years. As a matter of fact, he spoke about artists recuperating in 10 to 20 year intervals. Now, that's news to me. And um, we'll get more into that maybe in a different podcast. But basically what he's saying is because the money comes in fast, so many artists spend it really fast. So now they're in a different sequence from starting out, developing, going through the struggle, finally getting the deal, then they get the advance. Now all these surprises are coming at the artist. The artist is unable to really focus or keep track of all these things. The money could potentially be spent. There's a very high percentage that money will be mismanaged and you know misspent when it should be used for your own individual marketing, content creation, and brand development, meaning buy your equipment, have your photography shoots, uh, create your merchandise, etc. Now, when that happens and the artist goes broke, let's say the record label has started the process to release an album, but that process hasn't begun. Now, what happens is it puts the artist in a messed up situation because now the artist is willing to do anything for money just to survive until the record label rolls out the release. So the sequencing is off. Therefore, the results are also off. So we need to all be careful as entrepreneurs when we're facing 
uh, challenges like this or decisions like this. Now, he also mentioned many things, many advantages of the events. For example, the tour business, which is one part of the main three cores to his belief and foundation, which is merchandise, live performance, and a free product or service. Um, he went into detail about how digital streams are, you know, the least amount of income, basically, that you're probably going to get um, from the music, at least in the very beginning, maybe three, four albums. So he, he goes on to speak about how by album five, sales decline, and by the second album, people's uh, taste in music and palate changes. So there's a decline there with the music. Then by the third release, music is changing, and by the fourth, technology is changing, etc. So he advised us to keep track of the technology. My advantage is, of course, I own a technology company, and this is my life. This is my passion, right? <clears throat> so putting all those things into perspective, let me speak about my career. So since 2021, when I established the the contestment of all of these World Guinness records, right, which completely changed the dynamic of my career, Remember, as a world, as a planet, we were leaving the consensus of restraints due to the, the coronavirus. So the economy was changing. New president came in. You know, a lot of stuff was going on. You know, after a year and change, right when COVID is finishing, then the United States, you know, engages in this mediation between Russia and Ukraine and stuff is going on in China and Taiwan. And, you know, things spin out of control. Well, moving along from that, my initial plans were so focused on the technology side because what I was doing with my company, I wasn't able to do. I focused on NFT technology. It opened up a new lane. I changed the industry because now they're including this in the new contracts. And um, the Billionaires Boys Club, you know, did so much business the first few weeks of 2022 if I'm not mistaken, that it just changed how everything would be. So it changed the approach completely. Well, at that time, I decided, you know what? I'm going to create my own lane. Forget the industry, right? Which, even though I went later on to entertainment, which is where I am right now, I said, forget the industry. Let me do everything NFT-based. Um, I'm protected in everything that I'm trying to do. That needs to be my focus. And I'll just perform my records for free. Because just by me having an NFT of my song, if I perform it in a stadium, I'm not performing something that doesn't belong to me. So my NFT is not going to be scrutinized how other records would be scrutinized because I'm literally performing an NFT. So... We'll go more into detail about that, but just I just want you to think about it. I could put my entire catalog on the blockchain, sell it as I want, wherever I want, market it wherever I want, direct to consumer, fuck everybody, right? So due to some health setbacks, um, you know, I had a heart attack, I had surgery. Um, by the grace of God, I was given a new opportunity in life, right? So it changed 
my perspective on life completely. I'm a different person today than I was a few years ago. So that was my focus, getting my credentials, going overseas, launching the tour, and getting everything going. So now all those things fall into place, and I figured, okay, I'll generate the income that I need to administrate my catalog, and I'll continue to do music independently until an opportunity arises. And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter because I know I have a few million dollars overseas in the tour. So that was kind of the focus, right? I continued to do music and everything else. So as of the last few months, I started entertaining, um, leasing my catalog out to a library, right? Some type of publishing firm, record label, or investment firm like Hypnosis, BlackRock, Blackstone, Universal Music, Sony, or Warner Brothers. I see the frustrations that everybody, every artist goes through. I see the pressure of the media. Everybody wants an interview from me. Everybody that I come across like, yo, what you going to do? You're breaking these records. You're establishing these records. You're, you're doing this. You're doing that. Well, if it's all going to come down to signing a bullshit deal for a huge advance where I'm not going to see any cash flow for years and years and years, then all that does is bring me back to my independent roots. All that does is inclinate me or incline me to go back to focusing on the tour. And the only way I could protect the venues and the investments and not deal with Nielsen or, you know, uh, Shazam and those type of technologies is to create NFTs. So I could literally take my entire catalog and put it online. And if I ever wanted to sell it, I would sell it on eBay. I would auction it off at Sotheby's um, or at Christie's, but it will already be on the blockchain. That's one thing that I kind of took a pause on because I did launch a collection earlier this year. So it puts a lot into perspective looking back now. So I'm like, wait a minute, why don't I just change my strategy? Let me focus on creating content and releasing the music, creating the music, and just going on tour. Like, I don't need anything from the industry for me to go all over the world and perform my music. If I'm establishing these records and I'm breaking these records and I'm establishing these records, all I got to do is go perform the songs. That's how I'm going to make my money. Everything else, brands, products, merchandise, that shit is all extra income. Um, it will be a while until I can get into the streaming platforms because I'm going to focus on the tour first. During that process, once there's a better cash flow rate, then yeah, I'll have original songs to be released, but it's no longer my concern. So let's take a pause with that. Let's move on to the highest level, which is film. Film, documentaries, series, television, sitcoms, documentaries behind the scenes. I know that every single one of my records could be a trilogy as far as film. All my music is based on my life. All those records tapped into thoughts and emotions about a certain moment in my life. I can take every single song and I can take every single verse, just every single verse and every song and turn that into 12 movies. So if the song has three verses, that's three, four movies I can make from every single one. 
And I can have an inclination of a romantic love story. I can have an entrepreneur inclination about chasing your dreams. Um, it can be historic. It could be educational. There's so many variables. But it's all contained in the music. Now, platforms such as YouTube, which is how many countries in Latin America, that's how they communicate. It's with visuals, Snapchat, Instagram, and um YouTube, YouTube has content IDs. They're like licenses that when you put something on their platform, they attach this serial number to that recording. That makes the recording trackable so they can monetize it, but then it limits other music from coming onto the platform. Even if it's a YouTube short or a YouTube video or a YouTube video clip of a song, or any combination thereof. Because of that content ID, it creates a conflict of interest with production companies and producers. Because most production now, this new generation, they will lease you an instrumental track, but it will be non-exclusive, meaning they can lease it to you, they can lease it to me, they can lease it to whoever. So they don't allow their production the opportunity, the bridge to get to YouTube or any of its affiliates. Because once YouTube issues you an ex, uh, an exclusive license in that content ID, the next artist cannot put their version of the song on the platform because it's going to register, wait a minute, this instrumental belongs to artist one, therefore artist two cannot have it on our platform. So now the producer has to go to YouTube and say, no, deny both of them the content ID licenses to put it on this platform because I own the production and my agreements with each one of them is non-exclusive, meaning I can lease it to a million people if a million people paid for it. So why is this all important? Because it comes back down to retracing my roots. When I thought about starting the tour, when I decided, okay, I'm going to take a few million dollars and I'm going to make this, you know, 16 to 24 times back. Whatever I invest, I'm going to make 25 to 30 times on it. That's my goal. Hopefully 40 times or 50 or 60 or 80 or 100 times, right? So the first thing I thought about was content creation, organic digital marketing, beautiful estate in a beautiful part of the world. What is the benefit? Okay, let's talk about the benefit. In a beautiful landscape, an artist can be more creative. Some artists are lazy and that's their creative curve. I'm not one of those artists. The more inspiration I have, the easier and the better I can create because I'm a very deep-thinking, emotional person. I'm very loving. When I love, I love with all my heart. When I give, I give everything. I don't hold anything back. Whatever I feel in my heart, you know, that's what I express, whether it's in a poem, a short story, a film, a book, a song, a live performance, a concert, whatever I do. It doesn't matter if I'm you know, spray painting a fucking Hot Wheel, okay? Whatever I do, I'm going to put 100% into it. So 
I figure, okay, what are the advantages that I can bring to the table? Well, if I'm in a beautiful estate, that beautiful estate has a cost. Now, I can, A, um, do like everybody else, acquire the estate, and the money is gone. Even though, in a sense, it is an investment, it's a longer-term investment. So in the short term, no cash flow, nothing good coming from it. That's what most people think and do because they don't have a financial education. Now, what happens if I turn that living space into a business? Okay, a business is going to yield tax write-offs, deductions, deductibles, and when you're operating in the multi-million dollar range, you need as many as possible. As a matter of fact, it was music to my ears to know that if I was to sign a deal, I need to do it in January because we're already in June and from April to June is the ending of the second quarter going into the third. So now you have less of a time frame, less of a time span to have enough deductions and deductibles in your taxes. So it hurts your bottom line because regardless of, of how much you put aside, for the for your taxes you're getting surprise expenses because you just don't have enough time you don't have enough coverage to say well i made this purchase can i deduct this from my tax liability and whatever equipment product or service i use is for the better improvement of my business you know maybe i can hire five or six more professionals and pay them for example one hundred twenty-five to one hundred fifty thousand a year, just to give you an example, right? We're talking about a million five evaluation um, for all my number crunchers. So, okay, I can have the expense of the living quarters, even though it's indirectly an investment long term, but short term it's not doing anything. It's like a coffee machine. If I don't use it, it doesn't work, right? Or what happens if now I introduce an office in this beautiful estate. An office is only going to generate money. An office is only going to allow me to be organized. An office at home is only going to allow me to be efficient because as soon as I wake up, I'm in my office and I'm working. And until work is completed, I'm not leaving the office. Okay, so that's one benefit. Number two, I'm an artist. What if I build a visual studio in my house? Now I can film, edit, record anything that's immersive or interactive for my brand through visuals. I have a complete design studio. That's another bonus. That's another revenue stream. We're going to speak about how those are revenue streams momentarily. But let's move on. So we got two solid things here. We're also going to add the fact that we need a place to have our family, right? So we can grow as, as people. We need a place to live and we need to be in a nice place that is safe, beautiful, and inspiring. Now, what if I add a recording studio? I record music every day. I have a radio show and a podcast. I would already have the studio for photography, film, editing, and visual design. I have an office to manage all of these things. So now 
I've built a solid foundation where all of these elements, all of these extensions or tentacles can now produce money. Because let's let's have an example. If I start an educational series, I can record it on my YouTube channel. I can use StreamYard to blast it to all social media. I can use Beagle as an app extension. But the most important element is the fact that it's live on YouTube. And for any additional content creation, I have YouTube Shorts and, for example, TikToks that are complementary to each other. I can use filters from Snapchat, and I can even go live on Instagram. These are just examples. But what is the kicker? Now, all of this can be tied to a centrifugal force like OnlyFans and um, Patreon, which allows people to have a subscription to have access to exclusive content. Well, guess what? YouTube has a small version of that. The money that I would lose from having a song with Content ID, I can make up because fans can basically become members of the channel on YouTube. So whatever income stream may not be there completely from streaming songs or streaming the podcast, on Spotify, iTunes, etc., opens up other doors for other opportunities. Once you build the following on YouTube and over the, the, the podcasts and networks, now you have another revenue stream because there's brands, products, services, and industries that could benefit from having your brand display their products and services. Because remember, whether it's radio, television, or internet, there are going to be click ads. I could create my own company. I could create my own website to manage that. And I could upload all of my content pure, unedited, unfiltered, and demonetize on the YouTube level. But I could still monetize on my own personal level based on my own digital marketing, based on my own digital execution, funneled all through my website sorted out through my own offices, linked to all my advisory boards and everybody that works for me or with me in my company. So now we are creating our own industry. Remember, if I just picked up an estate, if I just picked up commercial real estate, that's all it would be. And as a matter of fact, in real estate, commercial real estate is about to be on sale. Super fast. Everybody's saying that most professional businesses are going remote. So if I invested in real estate, which I do, I would turn all those properties into different creative style businesses. For example, the same example I'm giving you with an estate. Think about a property that has a building. You know, I could have a, a, a video movie studio on the top floors. And then I could have a layer of offices. Then I could have a layer of design. Then, you know, on the lower levels, I can have the recording studios. And then I can have a lounge area. Like I would take an estate like that or a building like that and repurpose it for my brand. But 
Now I can lease those services through fiber, etc., for other companies. So now you see how it's the same investment, but the shift in perspective is allowing those things to produce a better income. This is only going to help my company because where I had a thousand people, now I have 10,000 people working for me. Where I have one office, now I have a hundred. Now I can delegate certain tasks to certain groups of people so I can focus on the art because I'm an artist. So now let's peel back the layers. How can I override having the music on platforms like YouTube, which is the way that Latin America is connecting to the world? A vast majority of my audience, 80%, is Latin. Now, this is my direct fan base. We're not talking about my extended fan base. So how can I create music and go on tour in Latin America and they're unable to connect with me interactively? Remember, this generation is about interactivity and interconnectivity. So the only way that you could put something on YouTube based on fair copyright usage, for example the music clips that you hear in the intros of some of our podcasts, that's all copyright free music. Yet, even though it's easier than before to get it on your platform, some platforms will still go out of their way to delete them out of the recording. When I started my podcast, I was able to listen to jazz the entire time. I can no longer do that because sometimes the companies will keep them on the DSPs like iTunes, Spotify. Sometimes they'll delete it. Even on YouTube, when you do a live, you can be playing music to be inspired for the content that you're creating. But then on playback, you realize that the audience never heard that. All they heard was these computer sounds and noises that were deleting the music in the background. So the only way you could do that with fair copyright usage is to present a piece of content that is educational or for commentary purposes or parody, etc. It has a very fine-tuned line of what you can use and cannot use. So I would have to be creative in releasing these records. First of all, I already established that these records are going to become films. And that part of the film is going to include the music. So my movies would be different because my movies would be musicals. My NFTs are different because they're musical NFTs. So now you're seeing the pattern. You're seeing the signature of my brand. So I always wanted every single song to have a video and every video to connect to every other video. Now, when you have a series of videos, like a series of songs in an EP or an album or a long play, you see a complete movie in an audio format. Now you will see that in a visual format. Now, even if I did that, I have a better chance that it won't get taken down than if I just posted the song with a simple graphics on it, a simple avatar, or even text. Maybe I just put the lyrics up and you know how you know some people put the, the lyric video for karaoke's and stuff. Now, I would still have to post in the very intro the fair copyright use, and maybe towards the end, 
I could have a commentary. And even in the middle, even during before and after any advertisement that I may have from another product, service, industry, or trade that is trying to outsource my services for digital organic marketing, which is another business revenue on itself. That's a whole nother business income stream. Remember, I'm an independent artist. I don't have a major label, but I do have a major DSP, which is my digital record label. It gives me 95% of my profits. Now, I have to make these things happen, right? Before I can even have records that can be on United Masters, which up until today is still where, where I feel comfortable releasing the, the new catalog, I still have to be creative to produce multiple revenue streams. So now, if that's one step closer, how can I turn it up a notch? Well, this is how I would do it. I already explained to you that whatever I release in the very intro, I will have a fair copyright explanation, which I would have pre-recorded with my vocals and visuals so that fans could just fast forward to quote unquote the next chapter. Step one. Now I'm able to get the song and the visuals in there. In between, I can have a layer of copyright fair use before and after the advertisement that I'm not getting from YouTube, but I'm getting directly from other like-minded product services, brands, industries, or trades. Now I'm creating a consistent signature of a pathway that they will not be able to interfere with because just like creating the NFT, all bases are covered. If I upload an NFT on YouTube, they can't strike it down because it's not a song and it's not a video. It is an NFT. I knew this two or three years ago when I started doing it. Now, it may take some time and then they'll start the harassment. But to avoid that, now I'll make it part of the whole production. Now I can generate another revenue stream without dealing with the fucking headaches. So now how do I take it a step further? I put a series, a collective, as a film on YouTube that I can release in clips as chapters. Each one is an element of the whole film. So now these are the songs. But I got a billion dollar idea today. What if, because towards the end, I have to have a commentary? Well, in my brand... And in my personal life, you guys know I collect cars. So what if at the end of the video or the song, in what is technically the documentary or the behind the scenes, I'm also reviewing all of the actors and actresses, all of the models, everybody on set, all the people that work in the backgrounds, lighting, sound, recording, engineering, mastering, editing, and this is all part of the commentary, which people will want to see. But then at the very end, I'm also interacting with the products, brand, and services that you saw during the film or during the video or during the song. Now I'm taking this Lamborghini or McLaren or Rolls Royce, and now I'm giving you a full tour. 
and I'm incorporating it to all my other business partners that are making this available and making this happen. So now it's a value for value for value relationship where everybody's winning. I'm still able to produce the income. I'm able to diversify and have multiple revenue streams. I'm able to release the music where the fans can connect to it. I'm still an artist who's going to work on music every day and be performing every day. I'm still going to create content organically every single day. This is not what I do. This is who I am. So this is the big idea. I said, you know what? I can revolutionize the industry of doing vlogs or podcasts about automotive uh, machinery or the industry. Why? Because this is my hobby. That's what I do on my downtime. Today I may drive a Lamborghini. Tomorrow I drive the McLaren. The day after that I might drive the Rolls Royce. But I get to share it with you guys. I'm working so hard so I can keep my car collection and be able to do these beautiful things. So what happens if I add a pit stop in a beautiful franchise or restaurant? They become my business partners because now they're hiring me to do a whole video scene. Not just for the music video and the film, but to market and promote their business. This is the restaurant that was in the movie, that was in the sitcom, that was in the documentary series, that's in the documentary, that's in the behind the scenes, that is in the commentary, that is on the podcast, that's on the webpage, on the website, and on the YouTube channel. That you can see as part of the film, you can see it as part of the documentary, you can see as part of the commentary. You can see as part of the advertisement. You can see as a YouTube short. I just changed the game again. And this is what God gave me from the ether today. That's what I received. I said, wait a minute. I got to record this. This podcast is educational for all of us. I'm learning from all of you. You guys are learning from me. This will go out to my entire network. From my audience, my fans, to my uh, friends and family members and peers and colleagues and business partners. Now we're all on the same page. We're moving in the same direction at the same time. Why? Because this is the new way to create income from my catalog. I have to be more creative than the record label. I can't hand over a five, six billion dollar catalog to them for nine hundred million dollars. Yet, I can go produce the network that I need to generate a trillion dollars. Because just like I plan to do overseas, which is build this network for content creation as I'm releasing so much of this music, including the new and old catalogs, they're becoming part of my networks because I have digital platforms in all of these businesses. And guess what? That's the equipment that we use to film the movie, the documentary series, etc. When we use high-definition cameras, it's the same movie you're seeing. It's the same music video. It's the same song. But because it's in a high-definition camera, now it looks live like if you're watching a soap opera, like All My Children or Days of Our Lives. Remember, in the world, people love these franchises because they are down-to-earth, human-style digital marketing. When you look at a movie and it's 35 millimeter, it kind of looks like pretend, like you're, you're, you're engaged by it, but it looks like it's something different. 
when you're using high definition cameras, everything looks live. That means that even the videos, the docu-series, the commentary, the behind the scenes, the actual movies, all can have multiple variations. They can be visualizer. They can be a visual artistic expression form. They could be sequenced as live events, live concert, or not. Think about that episode of ER where they they shot, I think it was like a two-hour movie, and it was live. And they literally had to orchestrate every single scene, and it was all with continuity. Like one scene led to the next, led to the next. So I don't know exactly how they sequenced the, the training or the rehearsals, but I think that they got a 98.5 out of a possible 100. So what happened to that? Why haven't more companies done it? Because it's probably a, a little challenging to do so. But remember, I'm a creative person. I'm an artist. So I surround myself with artists in their own right. Like one of my best friends and business partners. This guy is like the fucking best in fashion. It doesn't matter if he plays good baseball, basketball, or football. It doesn't matter if he's good at business or whatever. At the end of the day, I think he will make a great host on a podcast or a vlog. I think he's good for media. But you know what the reality is? When it comes to fashion, his track record is solid and proven. Just like with Minds and Music. You'd be very hard-pressed to find another artist that can do 1% of the shit that I do normally and naturally. So again, this is a moment of clarity, right? Where all the thoughts are flowing. Everything is coming together organically. But now, the ideas are going off. Now, you guys have a basic idea. You understand that in this beautiful estate, every morning, I'm going to get up and cook breakfast. That's content right there for the YouTube channel. I'm going to check on my business. That's content right there for the YouTube channel. I'm going to go to the gym. That's content right there. I'm going to vlog. I'm going to do the podcast. I'm going to study. I'm going to pray. That's all content creation. Then I got to do the press tour, radio, television, internet, plus connecting with brands, products, services, trades, and industries on a local level and on on a more macro scale. Some companies may work with me from overseas. I still have people programming overseas, just to give you an example. Then I got to go to rehearsals. So I got to go to the venues where I'm potentially performing live or hosting an event or putting an event together. Or maybe as an industry mixer. It doesn't matter. I'm bringing like-minded individuals as part of the signature of my brand because my brand is a lifestyle brand. So I love cars, cutting hair, and music. When I'm cutting hair, I'm listening to music. When I'm working on cars, I'm listening to music. Everything that I do is around music. So whether I have a performance and I pick out a fancy car on my downtime to drive, or I select a car in my collection to go to the live performance, or I select a different car on the drive home or on my day off, everything I'm going to do is going to go back to me driving a car. Whether I'm driving by myself, or whether I'm recording my podcast, 
or whether I'm recording uh, audio visuals interactive, like a video or a vlog. Remember that any video that I record, I can take the audio and put it on the podcast. So if I'm doing a podcast about music production, that's all the content I need. If I'm doing a podcast about music, that's all the content I need. If I'm doing a podcast about business, life, or retirement, that's all I need to do is build a podcast around that. The same way that I'm cooking breakfast on a Monday, I'm cooking breakfast on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday. Maybe on Monday, I have a vegetarian diet. Maybe on Tuesday, it's stronger with protein. Maybe on Wednesday, it's just fruits and vegetables. You know, but maybe it's medicinal fruits and vegetables. You understand me? Now I can link this to whatever any other investment, trade, business, product, service, industry is beneficial for my brand. Now, what I'm going to do here now is we're going to start another segment. And this is because we're going to do some market research and then we'll finish with a module because that's really going to help us. So we'll be back in a New York minute. Okay. So now I wanted to use technology to diversify myself in the market. Right? So... Audio visuals and interactive is the new language, right? It's the new language that this new generation speaks. Therefore, because my brand is built so much around automotive technology, and that's my love and passion, and probably why I work so hard, it really, really motivates me because I really love the automobile. My connection to my dad and my son, right? Apart from music and cutting hair, you know, as a barber, I just love everything about cutting hair. It's just I'm an artist and I can't do it full time. So check this out. And again, you know, I'm into franchising. So I picked a specific market. For today's example, we picked Miami. So I picked a collection available to me based out of Miami International Airport. So this is going to let me know the temperature of this market which is all about modeling and entertainment. Great. Good for business and everything I'm trying to do. Now, I am going to sort my findings by the highest price to the lowest price because I want to see how the market is moving. Remember, all of these visuals, all of these uh, interactive elements are based on these cars. So I'm going to take the average price of the most expensive high-end luxury car and the least expensive, I'm going to add both values and divide them in half. And what that's going to do is it's going to give me the budget that I need to produce this film as far as what I'm going to spend on equipment. So in this case, the artistic centrifugal piece is the music accompanied by the brands and products and services, myself as an artist, surrounded by the vehicle, the lifestyle that the the vehicle brings. So if I show you a Rolls Royce, you know that that's a more respectful approach. It's more executive, high-end. If I show you a Lamborghini, McLaren, or a Ferrari, you know that it's more youthful, more edgy, more kind of having something to prove. So now that I've pulled up my listing here, Um, And again, all these cars are part of my collection. So 
I have as the most expensive. And remember, we're going by blacksmith pricing, right? This is a Rolls-Royce Dawn. Let me tell you all about it so you can have a, a visual mental idea, okay? So this is a Rolls-Royce Dawn. It is silver in the top layer, and it is black on black in the bottom. The rims are machine finished. They're not chrome, but they're not dull, okay? Just to give you a visual idea. Um, the car is stunning. It's beautiful, very well taken care of. Um, audio, visual, and interactive. This will look very nice in, a, in any type of production. It has a soft top that is black. Daytime running lights that are LEDs. Very, very nice. Nothing out of this world. No fog lights. No tints. Um, this is just a classy, you know, even the spirit of ecstasy is like polished chrome. The grill is polished chrome. It looks very nice. If I had a record or a scene in the movie where it had to be a high-end luxury background, this would be the vehicle I would choose. What is the price? The price is $7,000 per day, okay? So this is our highest peak number. It's actually $700 off. So now, as I scroll down, I have a Rolls-Royce Cullinan. I got a 48 Spider. I got an Aventador SVJ Roadster. I got a Huracan. I got a Maybach Mercedes-Benz S-Class. And now the prices are going way down. Like we're already in the um, 4000 to 3000 range. And we're going to go all the way down to what I find is the very first good deal. So the very first good deal that I found. And again, if I was doing this while I'm creating content, I would advertise, you know, the collection and tell you, well, log on to my to my Airbnb or log on to my Turo and, you know, you could rent my McLaren for a day for X amount of dollars. But of course I won't do that because I'm a private person and uh, you would never know that these are my, my cars, you know, but, um, I do let other people enjoy my cars. Um, they're not cheap, but it's not like it's impossible. So for example, I'll give you an, an, an opportunity here. We have a, a Huracan Spider. Not like mine, but it's listed for about $1,200 a day. Um, we have another Rolls-Royce Dawn for about 1100 as well, but this one is all red. Let's take a look at it. Let's click on this real quick. This one, as you could tell, is more youth-orientated. I probably would use this for a love song. It's uh, black on red. The interior of the car is red on red um no two-tone the spirit of ecstasy is gold and again for a love song this may provoke those emotions but if it was like uh let's say if it was like a high-end luxury scene i wouldn't select this car because it's too fucking loud you understand me it's just too much so now being that we identified that this is a good deal let me continue because i almost missed um my own listing give me one quick second let me go down so you see now we have some hurricanes 
and um the prices are you know cruising around 1100 we got a 48 gtb around 11 and a half let's continue give me one quick second let me move my my terminal here so that i can get a little a little more comfortable here so like a bentley continental gt um less than a thousand but i'm going to go towards the nearest lamborghini i got a huracan hardtop for about a thousand a day but um let me see let's keep going to see what's the next price interval right and then we'll do our exercise also believe it or not the color affects how much i can um rent one of these out for because for certain visuals remember that these colors promote like uh an emotion and you don't want to have something too loud if let's say if it's what if it's a romantic scene right and everything is supposed to be calm in the scene you don't want to have a bright bright color that just takes the attention away from the actors and the actresses and the models etc or even from the backdrop of the business just to give you an example well, look i have a rolls royce wraith for about seven hundred dollars now here we go we have a 488 but because this one is red and red is common it's only about seven hundred dollars a day okay um to give you another example let me go back down. I think I may be skipping. Okay, I did skip a few. All right, so just to give you an example, for around $600 a day, a little bit more or less, let's say even 700 bucks. here we have a Lamborghini Evo Spider. The color is bright orange. Beautiful. It has a yellow uh, golden pearl inside of it. Black interior, black wheels, all factory, no tints. It uh, it looks professional. It looks very nice. It's out there, but it's not loud. You know, people can relate to it, right? So, okay. We're talking about 10 times less than what the original Rolls Royce that we selected would cost. So now we have a variable, right? We we're going from a thousand to seven thousand, and for eight percent, I can get a Lamborghini. So now, what would I do for my career? To give you an example, I would take seven thousand as the main figure. I would divide it in half, right? Because if I add a thousand. And I add the seven thousand. I'm at eight thousand. So half of that is four grand. How many times can I rent one of these vehicles for five to seven hundred dollars? Let's round it out to five hundred bucks instead of seven hundred. That means I can do this eight times. Therefore, these are eight days, eight opportunities that I have to create content with different vehicles. So these are eight blogs eight podcasts, eight um, documentaries, eight behind the scenes. This is eight episodes 
of my automotive channel on YouTube. These are eight opportunities to produce content for eight different brands and businesses, products or services, to create eight different revenue streams on top of what it's going to generate on its own. On top of the fact that you can become a member on YouTube and we're using StreamYard, so we're everywhere. And we're using Patreon for exclusive content. And we have a fans only, uh, only fans. And no, it's not for anything triple um, X rated, even though, of course, there's a lot of things on fans only that is for that. But we don't have to do that. The same way that if I create a new NFT collection, and even though it's on my website and it's on OpenSea.io, I can still have an extension on eBay. Where do people go shopping for stuff online? Most of the time. They go on Amazon. Amazon Prime. What says that I can't post an NFT there? Or my catalog? Or my performance? What if I put my concerts up for sale as NFTs? What if I create my own avenue here? So, it was because of this example, as I was doing research already for my own career, for my tour, that I I got this idea and I said, I need to give this to my audience. You guys are all my business partners. And... As I was doing the research, I stopped because, you know, here I have a matte black McLaren with red uh, Cobra seats, meaning they're only red at the very top shoulder pads. Not only is this unique, not only is this a car that I would drive for fun, I get to create my podcast and my vlog at the same time, in and within the vehicle. Remember that when we're filming the music video or when we're filming a part of the of the movie, you know, this is only going to be in there for a few seconds after editing is done. That means that car will be on the movie set for 20 minutes. 30 minutes. I'm going to exaggerate and say an hour or even two hours. You know, sometimes people take a lunch break and, you know, everything stays on the set until you go back to filming. Now, that means I have another, what, 17, 18 hours to create content. So I can give you a Radies Rides breakdown and link it to the pawn registry where the car may or may not be for sale or something similar to it, right? I can do a Radies Rides review. I can give you a Doug DeMuro review from a driving standpoint, but I can also give you the breakdown of a collector, which I am. These are my cars. These are the cars in my collection. Even though they are part of my business, sis, this is another revenue stream. This is what's paying for the car. It's my music career. You know, once I create a song and I release an album and I go do the live performance, life goes on. But this vehicle continues to generate an income. And once the vehicle is paid for, now it's just a passive flow of income. Remember, I don't have a major record label. I'm not waiting for them to put me in massive debts because my catalog is worth so much money. The more organized that I am, 
and the more I can generate on my own, the more money they're going to have to pay me. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So I'll pick up a few million dollars on Kickstarter myself. I'll go on tour and pick up a few million dollars myself. I'll establish all of my small businesses and make a few million dollars myself. There's nothing wrong with that. Anything above that is icing on the cake. So imagine you're watching my movie. And like my original movie that I wrote, you know, I believe it was 1999 I had the, the script finished. This is 24 years ago. I couldn't afford these cars. They were part of the script. But I couldn't put them in the movie. Now without having business partners that wanted to take part of the intellectual property. Well, guess what? You all get to connect to my lifestyle brand. This is my lifestyle brand. My music is created for all people in all walks of life. But number one, it is for that live performance. When you're able to connect with me on a personal level. Other than that, if I had a choice, I would want you to listen to me on your iPad or your digital platform on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you get your music, Pandora, but I would want for you to be in one of these cars, traveling somewhere in the world, doing something fly and cool. My music is for that. If you ever need to take a cruise and just kind of reflect on things in life, my music is going to help you think. And regardless of where you're driving or traveling to or what you're doing, my music is going to make you think deeper. And, and build the contrast between your life and my career, my art, which is the music, how we connect, and whatever you got going on. You could be in a barbecue and listen to my music. And enjoy it. Now, other artists don't have to do that because that's not the signature of their brand. Remember that when I planned a tour overseas... I said, okay, when I go to Italy, I'll have an estate in Italy. I'll be there the whole time I'm performing. And I'm also creating content while I'm there. That content pays for the expedition to go overseas. Now the concert is pure profit. Now that gets reinvested to my business venture when I go to Germany. So if I go to Germany, why would I have anything other than a Porsche in my music videos there or in my movies? Why would I promote any other type of, you know, services or products or brands if that's the whole reason why I'm there? Like, I'm in Germany to drive my Porsche in the fucking Nürburgring. I would do that shit for cheeseburgers and for free just for fun. Because that's not what I do. That's who I am. Now, don't think that I just want to drive a 911 GT2 with the Weissack package in Weissack or at the Nürburgring. I may also want to drive a fucking 911 Twin Turbo S Cabriolet or even a GTS or a Carrera 4 in the fucking Autobahn. Don't think that I don't want to stop 
at a French Riviera cafe because it's in Europe or it's in Germany. I may want to see the difference. Maybe I want to drink German coffee. I drink a German coffee as much as I can already here. So it just gives you an example. Now, this is the same process. All the businesses that I promote and market for become part of my network. But now I'm traveling. Now I'm in London. Now I'm in fucking France. Now I'm in Dubai. Now I'm here. Now I'm there. While I'm doing this, I'm just building a network where all these products and services are coming together in my own unique way. And I'm benefiting the entire way throughout the entire process because I don't have the luxury to have this catalog on streaming platforms and devices. I don't have that luxury. I have to go on tour and perform these songs live. I have to create NFTs. I have to release and launch them in a creative way as an artistic educational expression. Because if not, then I fall under the guidelines of their you know, political structures, because you know that YouTube is rigged. You know that uh, Spotify and iTunes is all rigged. They're never going to give my music a fair chance because I have more music than them. And I can release music every single day. They don't want that. They want an artist that releases a few singles throughout a year and a few albums a few years afterwards. I don't have that limitation. You know, if I have a two-door or a Rolex in one of my videos, that's paid advertisement. And it's just part of building my brand and expanding and scaling my brand based on other brands. But the eureka moment occurs when I say, wait a minute, but what about the wardrobe? What about the footwear? What about the jewelry? What about the the, the scenery? Where I'm filming the movie or the video or the dance sequence or the song or the vlog or the podcast, it doesn't matter. It's like if I go to the beach and I start playing music live as a DJ, oh well, that's what I feel in that environment. Okay, what if I go to an industry night, a mixer, where people just go to network? And I do a vlog or a podcast live there. And I just interview people in that industry. It's going to be completely different. Even though the signature is the same. It's still my podcast. It's still my channel. All of these shakers and movers in the industry. Are still aware of my product and services and my brands. It's like me having merchandise booths in the concert, right? Okay, so I have merchandise booths. Well, guess what? I have stands for other people to bring their products and services. Do you understand what I'm saying? The possibilities are endless. You know, what if in my VIP area, you need an NFT to enter and exit? And that VIP badge is a VIP NFT. The more I think about it, the more opportunities that I see. What if I'm driving one of my cars? And this company has a really advanced windshield wiper fluid. And it's incorporated in the scene or the sequence of events for that music video or for that documentary series or for that film 
or movie or whatever the heck I'm putting together. Remember, I have all these people, all the staff that work behind the scenes that nobody gets to see the camera guy or the microphone boom operator or the visual arts editor. Why don't we shoot and film and record around them while they're doing what they love to do, which is their art? It just happens to be a digital art. Why don't we help them and give them the recognition they need to expand their services? If you see they do a good job with my movie, naturally, you should, as an entrepreneur, want to connect with them and give them a shot to produce your audio and your visuals. Now, their educational expansion, their experience grows. So, maybe they did the first video for $1,000. Well, now they've done 20 videos, so now they charge $5,000. And $5,000 may be less than what you were quoted as a business, industry, trade, artist, whatever, or even a brand ambassador. Maybe you're just an influencer. But a company's asking you for 30, 40 grand. And somebody said they'll do it for 20. Well, my company says we'll do it for five. And instead of this creative only generating $1,000 from us, now we're generating five hundred of those of those thousand dollars originally, and now they're pocketing thirty five hundred to four thousand dollars, all from the same sequence and events. Because now they also have a royalty paid out from the content that they create. This is part of their portfolio. They own an NFT that gets a percentage of the royalties of whatever is done through distribution and release. These are all the ideas, all the key concepts that came to me by looking at this car. I'm like, wait a minute. This car would be perfect for the, um, for the vlog. This would be perfect for the music video. This would be perfect for the sequencing in the film. You know, there's a scene where, you know, this, the main character is kind of like tired, had a long day. And is looking for a way to relieve stress. And of course, everybody's like, you know, let's go out to the club. Let's go out this time and the third. And he says, nah, you know, I'm just going to take a cruise. And I'll just go to a lounge, which is more toned down. And I'll smoke a cigar. And I'll have not a business meeting, but I'll have a kickback with, you know, a few people that I want to speak to. So... I was able to capture that idea and that thought and then incorporate different creative uh, elements, right? In order to create organic content without having to force it. So it puts so many things into perspective that why would I give my catalog for a record label to do that? You understand me? Like, like, why would I even have that thought process and believe that that is the normal and that's what I should do? The same way that a record label takes a catalog and they look for creative ways. If, if they could put your song in a palm olive uh, soap dish washer commercial, that's what they're going to do. And again, that's just like one of many examples. This is the way that I could do research for a market 
just to give you an idea. Now, I would do this personally as a car collector, as somebody that wants to enjoy their collection and for other people to enjoy my car collection because it's it's hard to keep up with so many cars and the maintenance on them. And those cars, if they're not driven, um, they start to like self-destruct. And again, what I'm doing, even if I give you all of the elements, you could do it too. But the fact that you're doing it will produce a different signature than it would if I do it. For example, we all know the ingredients to make an oatmeal cookie, right? Well, why are some better than others? I, As much as I hate to tell you, between Subway and certain um, 7-Elevens, because I'm a believer, you're going to be very hard-pressed to find a better oatmeal cookie. And it's two totally different environments. And they're both different, but then they're both similar. And they're both better than the fucking rest. I think probably the best gourmet cookie place is Crumbler. I think they're the kings. But that's a every once in a while type of cookie, right? When you need a day-to-day cookie... Some certain uh, 7-Elevens, because not all of them do this or don't do it properly, have fire cookies. Now, putting that into perspective, Subway is very hard to find an inconsistency in the way that they do it because they are a franchise. And overall, they are required to make them in the same way. So... These are just observations, but for me, I'm always looking for business opportunities. You know, how can I turn a profit doing something that I love already automatically? You know, these are just basic examples of how we can all, in a sense, be creative when we are developing our business strategies. Remember that the coronavirus changed everything. It was the equalizer. All the people that have faced success, now you're seeing what really happened. Now they're falling, you know, from from the sky basically because they were never able to fly on their own wings. They had circumstantial success and you cannot sustain that no matter you know what they tried or they have done you know the economy is what it is like i said look at commercial real estate right now these are excellent opportunities i told you what i would do with a corporate building from a lounge area to a restaurant to a place where i could host live events to audio visual recording and digital you know design to an audio recording studio, to a fucking film studio. That's what I would do with a building. Oh, and and I forgot to include office space. But you see how office space is not just the primary, like, okay, I have a corporate building, I'm going to have offices. Well, guess what? Everybody has offices. And nobody wants to go to them. Because 
how are we to know after we sign a lease for 5, 10, 15 years for a business, right? A, a budding business, a business that is growing. How do we know that another pandemic is not going to hit? And after some social distancing, people feel even more comfortable being, you know, more reserved. Like, I don't want people's germs around me. Even if it's not coronavirus, there's other germs that are are not cool either. So just because it's not necessarily coronavirus doesn't mean I want to be close to your <laughs> your germs. You know, I think people are more refined now. I know I am for sure. I already was always, you know, OCD with uh, with, with germs and, and things of that nature. So it's like now I have more of an incentive. Do you know a lot of businesses still have divisions and, and barriers between, you know, any moment where you can have like interconnectivity, like interactivity between a group of people? Yo, I totally dig that. For example, in a recording studio, that's why I have to have my own because I don't want 500 people in that building farting and digging their nose and you get what I'm saying? Scratching their butt and giving you a handshake. Like, that shit really happens all the time. Even something like like um as basic as like using a restroom, I will not use a restroom in public. I will only use the restroom at home. To give you an example, you know, even when I eat out, it will only be in certain places, exclusive places. You know why? Because I prefer to cook at home. I know that the meat is going to be clean, the vegetables and the produce are going to be ripe and not rotten. You understand me? Like there's so many little things that come to mind. But business has also changed in a similar fashion. You know, it's literally the same thing. So sometimes to find newfound success, we may have to change our norms and beliefs. We may have to change our perspective and look for new opportunities and new ways to reach success. Because I am not mad at all about going on tour and picking up a few million dollars. I'm not mad about releasing a few records and producing a few million dollars from streaming in a sense, but using fair uh, fair right use as artistic, you know, commentary, educational format. You could call it whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, you're going to hear the song. You're going to watch the music video. You're going to see the film. You're going to see the movie. You're going to see the documentary. You're going to see the behind the scenes. And you're not just going to get a behind the scenes from the main actor or actress. You're going to get a behind the scenes from everybody there. We're not just going to promote and market one product or service. We're promoting and marketing all products and services. And now every company, every entity is part of that structure. So we're all business partners at the end of the day. We're all in the attention business, right? We're doing digital marketing. We're trying to build and, and expand and scale our brands. So nobody has to be in denial anymore. Nobody has to be feeling like there's a a conflict of interest. There's no need to have a conflict of interest. 
because it's a value-for-value value relationship for everybody. Even the place where I'm hosting the live event, which then becomes a concert that is streamed online for fans only. It literally tells you that it's for fans only. You can weed out the people that are just, you know, having a pit stop in your career. Why? Because you know who literally wants to be a part of your brand and your products and your services. So it puts so much into perspective that only a record label could deter you from having the confidence to do that. But the reality is, is that we should encourage each other as entrepreneurs to think outside the box and try something different. At the end of the day, what do we literally have to lose by thinking outside the box? Oh, excuse me. We might not get recognition from my cousin Juju. <laughs> you understand me? Or, or people might, might think that we're not cool, but that's okay because you know who is going to think I'm cool? The person that opens the safe at the bank account when I say, you know, I need to pull out $600,000 in cash right now. They're going to think I'm super cool. Regardless of what the media or the blogs say about yourself as an entrepreneur, your career. Like I said, if, if you're not in entertainment, music, movies, etc., or even video games, or anything that's digital, you can apply it to your business and your industry as well. Meaning, the common consensus might not be for the status quo or the system in place to recognize what you're doing. But that has nothing to do with your success. Your success will be measured by that bank account. And that bank account is neutral to how you generated your income. So maybe my income doesn't come from Sony or Warner Brothers or Universal or Hypnosis or BlackRock or Blackstone. It may come from me performing at the Madison Square Garden or at Yankee Stadium or at the Superdome in New Orleans or at the Miami Center or at the old Staples Center in California. It doesn't matter. This is the world of the new industry. Maybe I won't get an interview by Oprah, but guess what? I may get an interview in Germany from the Oprah of Germany or the Oprah of France or the Oprah of Italy or the Oprah of London. And guess what? Everybody's not lucky to get an interview from Oprah. Maybe I'm not that lucky, but it doesn't mean I can't have the same amount of success. And that's the key factor right there. What can I do differently to not put myself in debt to these record labels, to value myself and my estate and what I'm doing with my music, and to push forward? That's it. What can I do? I got to do my own thing. Now I got to focus on, you know, getting my estates, creating the content, putting the, the, the programs together for the songs, for the albums, for the EPs, for the soundtracks, for the film, for the live performance, for the products and services. Footwear I don't have to worry about because I have a company that's designing, you know, the shoes of the future. They're mine. You understand me? So that's just to kind of like give you an example. Now, everywhere that I go to perform, 
is going to be based and built around the market that I select to do my content creation. So all these things now go hand in hand with the brand that I'm already establishing and building. And guess what? We're talking about millions and millions of dollars here. Maybe not hundreds of millions of dollars, but that's okay. I'd rather generate deck of millions and for them to belong to me than for me to produce hundreds of millions of dollars and none of it is delegated to me. I don't have the patience to deal with, you know, a record label playing these fucking Jedi mind tricks. I don't have time to waste. I know the value of my catalog. Therefore, that is my focus. It is to continuously build my brand. This is why I do everything that I do because I'm a businessman. This is my love and my passion. This is not just what I do. This is who I am. So if you see me driving my Porsche 911 Twin Turbo Spider, you know, I'm either driving it for business or I'm driving it for fun. Most of the time, it will be both. It will never be one. One cannot coexist with the other. I wouldn't be able to enjoy this 911 Twin Turbo S Spider with the YSAC package, black on, on red, with yellow brake calipers in my personal life if the business didn't um, sustain it or support it or justify it. The same way that I couldn't incorporate it into my business if it was not going to be profitable or beneficial in my private life. It would have to be a fine line dance between the two dynamics. I have my personal life as a regular human being and I have my business career, my business life as an artist. I'm still an entrepreneur in the middle of all of this. I'm still an alumni as much as I'm a master and I'm a teacher and as much as I'm a student. I'm still learning throughout this process. And that level of understanding and growth, that development cycle, that um, that growth spurt, I share with all of you guys in real time. Remember, my podcast was always supposed to be conversation stop. Remember that the whole purpose of it was to build a billion dollar brand and showing you the growth throughout the process. A very select few are going to be able to look back and say, you know what? I have followed this career from the beginning until the billion dollar valuation. See, I don't have to worry about getting recognized or signed by a label for, you know, close to a billion dollars when I can just build a brand that's worth a few billion dollars I'll be okay because from that point forward I have the experience necessary to take that billion dollar company and turn it into a trillion dollar company and that's how it works so I leave you guys with that I'm going to get inside of my black on red 911 twin turbo S spider with the YSAC package the factory body kit, all in carbon, exposed carbon fiber, and the yellow brake calipers. And um, we'll see you on the next one.
Thank you for your time and God bless. Thank you for passing by, especially today. May you have a wonderful day today. May you conquer everything in your path. And may everything that you touch turn into solid gold. Always remember to dream big because dreams come true. It happened to me and I know for a fact it's going to happen to you. Have a blessed day. I love all of you guys, each and every single one of you. I love you so much. Please like, subscribe, and share on all your social and digital media platforms. It really, really helps us with the algorithms. It helps with the growth of the channels and all of our avenues. And we have a lifetime commitment to all of you, as well as you have one to all of us, to always bring you, you know, as much insight and education as we can while we are building this billion dollar company. Have a beautiful day and God bless. And once again, thank you so much. If nobody believes in you, I believe in you. If nobody appreciates you, I do. And I know for a fact that if you are here and you're listening in, you are an absolute winner in all that you do. You are a maverick. You're a pioneer. You create your own destiny because you work hard and you understand the value of things in life. God bless.